Welcome to Clinical Neurology Podcast where you will learn over 12 episodes how to localize a lesion in neurology based on history taking and physical examination. The podcast is meant for medical students and to make them enjoy learning neurology. Medicine, pediatrics, psychiatry, critical care, neurology residents, general practitioners and nurse practitioners will find it beneficial. Study materials and clinical resources for the podcast are available in show description and at neurologyteachingclub.com website. I am your host Dr. Krishnadas NC and let's get started. Weakness is a common symptom with which a patient presents in neurology. In this episode, we will see how to approach a patient with weakness. For this, we need to know the motor pathway. What happens when you decide to move your leg? Consider you decide to dorsiflex your right foot. Pyramidal cells of beds in layer 5 of contralateral left primary motor cortex leg area fires. These impulses are carried through corona radiata which is formed by myelinated axons of pyramidal cells and reaches anterior 2/3 of posterior limb of internal capsule. The axons of leg and arm areas are widely separated in the corona radiata. but as it reaches the internal capsule the axons are very close to each other it's almost like a funnel with the internal capsule forming the bottom of the funnel this has clinical importance because a lesion internal capsule is more likely to involve the upper limb and lower limb equally as their fibers are very close together then it reaches the middle 3/5 of cerebral peduncles of midbrain and ascends down in basis pondis and medullary pyramids on the left side The pyramidal fibers crosses over to the right side at the lower end of medulla at cervical medullary junction and forms the lateral corticospinal tract in cervical cord. 5 to 10 percentage do not cross to opposite side and forms the anterior corticospinal tract. Most of these fibers ultimately cross over at lower spinal cord levels. Only 2 percentage remain ipsilateral and supply the axial musculature of trunk and proximal muscles. The crossed over fibers in lateral corticospinal tract ascends down in cervical, thoracic and lumbar spine. It synapses with the alpha motor neuron in anterior horncell of L5 segment on right side. This entire pathway from left motor cortex to right spinal segmental level where the pyramidal cell axon synapses with segmental alpha motor neuron is the upper motor neuron. Lesions anywhere in this pathway produce clinical features of a upper motor neuron disorder which includes hypertonia brisk reflexes upgoing plantar and a upper motor neuron pattern of weakness this means extensors more than flexor weakness in upper limb and flexors more than extensor weakness in lower limb there is also a distal fine motor more than proximal weakness there is not much wasting or involuntary movements like fasciculations a lesion anywhere in this pathway from leg area in left motor cortex through corona radiata internal capsule midbrain pons and medulla and then after crossing to right side in right lateral corticospinal tract in cervical thoracic and lumbar spine can produce a right foot drop with upper motor neuron features like spasticity hyperreflexia and upgoing plantar please note that the images of corticospinal tract and whatever we are discussing here can be obtained in neurologyteachingclub.com website For leg to dorsiflex these impulses from corticospinal tract must reach the tibialis anterior muscle the main dorsiflexor of foot how does it reach the the pyramidal fibers synapses with the alpha motor neuron in anterior horncell at L5 level 
Alpha motor neuron in anterior consulate at L5 level gets out as ventral motor root forms the common L5 root after joining with dorsal sensory root. L5 root joins with other roots to form the lumbosacral plexus. The nerve fibers to dorsiflexus come out through sciatic nerve. When sciatic nerve divides into common peroneal nerve and tibial nerve, they ascend down through common peroneal nerve and when it divides into deep peroneal and superficial peroneal nerve, proceeds in deep peroneal nerve to reach the neuromuscular junction of tibialis anterior muscle which dorsiflexes the foot. This pathway of the alpha motor neuron axon from anterior horn cell to of L5 level to the neuromuscular junction of tibialis anterior is called the lower motor neuron. So the components of lower motor neuron includes alpha motor neurons in anterior horn cell, root, plexus, peripheral nerves, neuromuscular junction and muscle. Neuromuscular junction and muscle per se do not form part of lower motor neuron but they can be considered as part of the lower motor neuron syndrome as the clinical features are same. Lesion at any of this level can also produce a foot drop. This will be associated with clinical features of lower motor neuron disorder including wasting, hypotonia, weakness in a nerve plexus or root pattern depending on the site of lesion, decreased or absent reflex, flexor plantar reflex, involuntary movements like fasciculations may be present. So, when a patient presents with weakness as in foot drop, the site of lesion can be anywhere from motor cortex, corona radiata, internal capsule, midbrain, pons and medulla of opposite side or in ipsilateral, cervical, thoracic, lumbar spinal cord, cortical spinal tract. The lesion in any of these sites will be an upper motor neuron type. The lesion can also be in lower motor neuron extending from anterior horn cell, root, plexus, peripheral nerves, neuromuscular junction or muscle with a lower motor neuron type of weakness. When a patient presents with weakness, our job is to localize where exactly is the anatomic site of involvement. It's like a criminal case investigation where you find out the culprit site of lesion. It's easy if you have an approach and can be quite cumbersome if you don't have one. Now we will learn how to approach a patient with weakness in a step-by-step -step manner. When a patient presents with weakness, we need to follow these steps always. Step 1. It is to see if there is a true weakness. A patient can tell he has weakness and when we examine the patient might be having ataxia or bradykinesia. Similarly, a patient having severe pain may not move the limb which might be mistaken as weakness. This is called pseudoparalysis. A good example is an elderly with fractured neck of femur. They present as lower limb weakness and they may not be able to communicate their pain. The diagnosis will be missed if a proper history is not taken and general examination including musculoskeletal examination is not done. Patients with dissociation conversion disorder can also present as weakness. Step 2. Once you are sure that there is true weakness, the second question is, is it upper motor neuron type or a lower motor neuron type of weakness? If the patient has spasticity, hyperreflexia or upgoing plantar, it's upper motor neuron type. If the patient has wasting, hypotonia, decreased reflex or fasciculation, it suggests lower motor neuron involvement. For example, in a patient with foot drop, if tone is increased, reflex brisk and plantar upgoing, it suggests a upper motor neuron lesion. If there is wasting, hypotonia or absent reflex with or without fasciculation, it suggests a lower motor neuron problem. If upper motor neuron, how to localize between cortex corona radiata, internal capsule, brainstem and spinal cord? It's based on associated finding with weakness. If along with weakness, patient has cortical features like aphasia, apraxia, neglect, agnosia, lesion is in cortex. Example, patient with right hemiparesis has aphasia. So the lesion will be in 
left cortex. If along with weakness, patient has cross cranial nerve palsy, lesion is in brainstem. For example, if a patient with right hemiparesis has left third cranial nerve palsy, then the site of lesion is left midbrain. In corona radiata and internal capsule, there is no cortical or cranial nerve involvement other than the upper motor neuron type of facial nerve involvement. In internal capsule, severity of weakness is equal in upper limb and lower limb as the pyramidal fibers are close together. In corona radiata, the weakness will be more in upper limb than lower limb or vice versa as the pyramidal fibers are far apart and deletion tend to involve one group more than the other. Cervical cord lesion produces quadriparesis if lesion is extensive axially or brown cord like if the lesion is patchy involving only one side of the spinal cord with weakness and posterior column on same side and pain and temperature lost in the opposite side. Thoracic cord lesion produces paraparesis with sensory level on trunk. We will discuss these in detail when we learn localization of hemiplegia, brainstem and spinal cord disorders which are separate episodes. If lower motor neuron is involved, how to localize further? The lower motor neuron includes alpha motor neurons in anterior horn root, plexus, peripheral nerves, neuromuscular junction and muscle. Anterior horn muscle and neuromuscular junction are pure motor syndromes, meaning lesions in these will not produce any sensory symptoms or signs. Or in other words, if patient has any sensory symptoms or signs, we can rule out these three components of lower motor neuron. Lesions in root, plexus and peripheral nerves will produce a motor sensory syndrome where patient will be having sensory signs and symptoms along with weakness. So the step 3 if the lesion is in lower motor neuron is the next the question is is it a pure motor or a motor sensory syndrome. The pure motor syndrome of anterior horn cell, neuromuscular junction and muscle can be further localized based on whether it's symmetrical or asymmetrical, fatigability or diurnal variation is present wasting or fasciculation is present, etc. Which we will discuss in detail when we discuss lower motor neuron disorders. Proximal pure motor with fatigability and diurnal variation suggest neuromuscular junction disorders like myasthenia. Proximal pure motor without fatigability and diurnal variation suggest muscle disease. Asymmetric pure motor with wasting and fasciculation suggest anterior horn cell disease like motor neuron disease. Motor sensory syndrome includes root, plexus and peripheral nerves. Pattern of distribution of weakness and sensory helps to differentiate between nerve, plexus and root. For example, in the food drop case, if the patient has hypotonia, absent reflux, flexor plantar or wasting, we know it is lower motor neuron involvement. Then see if the patient has any sensory symptoms. If yes, it is either root, plexus or nerve. See the pattern of motor and sensory involvement and based on that, we differentiate between the three. If dorsiflexin alone is lost and decreased sensation in first web space, this is the distribution of deep peroneal nerve. If eversion is also lost and decreased sensation in the dorsum of foot, so along with deep peroneal nerve, the lateral compartment supplied by superficial peroneal nerve is also involved and sensory is in the distribution of common peroneal nerve. So this suggests the cause of foot drop is common peroneal nerve palsy. If plantar flexion is also weak along with foot drop, this suggests tibial nerve is also involved. This means lesion is in sciatic nerve or proximally in the plexus or root. If hip extension also weak, that means the gluteus maximus is affected and inferior gluteal nerve is involved. Multiple nerves in a limb involved, so possibly lumbosacral plexus lesion. Foot drop with hip abduction, weakness and radicular pain suggests tibialis anterior and gluteus medius involvement, both of which are supplied by L5 root. 
solution is probably in L5 root. Thus, further localization of a motor sensory lower motor syndrome into nerve root and plexus is based on the pattern of motor and sensory involvement. Don't worry if you could not follow completely, it's just a curtain raiser to approach to lower motor neuron disorders, which we will be discussing as a separate episode. Before we finish, we will revise what we learned today once again. We learned the motor pathway, upper motor neuron from motor cortex to anterior horn cells of segmental level in spinal cord, including cortex, corona radiata, internal capsule, brainstem and spinal cord. The lower motor neuron from anterior horn cell to muscle, including anterior horn cell, root, plexus, peripheral nerve, neuromuscular junction and muscle. The clinical features of upper motor neuron and lower motor neuron lesions. Then we learned the approach to localize a case of weakness. Step 1. Is there a true weakness? Step 2. Is the weakness upper motor neuron or lower motor neuron type based on bulk, tone, power and reflux? Step 3. If upper motor neuron is involved, is where in upper motor neuron based on associated symptoms like aphasia and cortical lesion and, and cross cranial in brainstem? Step 3. Lower motor neuron is involved, is it pure motor or motor sensory? If pure motor, symmetrical or asymmetrical, is there fatigability and diurnal variation? Based on this, anterior horn cell, neuromuscular disease or muscle. If motor sensory, the pattern of sensory and motor weakness, based on that, root, plexus or peripheral nerve involvement. In the next episode, we will see how to localize lesion in a hemiplegia case. Thanks for listening to Clinical Neurology Podcast. Kindly subscribe and review if you found it useful. You can follow Neurology Teaching Club Instagram account for exclusive figures of this podcast and visit our website neurologyteachingclub.com for more resources. The podcast and online content are meant for medical education only and should not be used to guide clinical decision making and treatment. You can find more of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your ear candy. It's KD signing off and until we meet next time, spread knowledge.